um, I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff tonight that is, is very imperative, and I'm going to take my time, and I'm going to teach tonight because I'm dealing with purpose. I'm dealing with um, the purpose for which, why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did he shed his blood? Why did he save us from death? What was the purpose? Was the purpose just to keep us from punishment, or was the purpose to realign us with what he spoke over our lives from the beginning? Was it just to keep, did he save us from something, or did he save us for something? Amen. What is the purpose? Because if we don't approach salvation, if we don't approach the kingdom understanding that God didn't just spare my life just so I wouldn't die, but he spared my life because he has to it attached an assignment. There's an assignment attached to my life that he spared my life because he loves me, but he also spared my life because of that assignment, that purpose. Everybody say purpose. It's so important that we understand there's a purpose for our faith. There is a point. You can also say point. There is a point to why God saves us and calls us to gather together every week. Amen. There's a point. There's a purpose. There's something that God wants us to accomplish. He brings us here, amen, and, and gives us what we need to accomplish that purpose. And if we don't embrace that, if we don't understand that, then we'll make our purpose surviving our problems. Christianity has become a faith that's built around the purpose of surviving, getting what you need to make it through your problems. But that's not the purpose. If you read the purpose even for the word of God, the, the purpose for the word of God, as Paul encourages Timothy, is to correct, rebuke, instruct, and reprove so that, that the people of God can be equipped. Amen. And I believe we've lost our purpose um, somewhat, and I want to realign us with that because I believe that's the purpose of this house. That's the purpose of our fellowship, the three churches that we have, and that, that um, will be growing into more, more families of believers. I believe that purpose is important. Everybody say purpose. Amen. Understanding why God saved us, why he filled us, why he spared us. What is he calling us to? Why am I here tonight? Am I here tonight just to hear a good word and then pack it up and go on about my life as it was? Or am I here to receive something that will aim me in what it is God has called me into? Amen. Purpose, 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 purpose. And so I want to deal with that tonight. This is some foundational things concerning our church. This is some foundational things concerning our fellowship, who we are as a fellowship. Why are we here? What are you a part of, and what are we trying to get accomplished? Amen. And I believe that any purpose, if it is legitimate, if it is a legitimate purpose, that purpose must be found from the revelation of God's scriptures. In other words, we don't just decide what we like to do and call it our purpose. Amen. If you, if you look all throughout scriptures, every person that had a dream, God gave them the dream. God calls them to dream his dream for their lives. Joseph dreamed a dream. That was God that gave him. Abraham dreamed dreams. That was God that gave him those dreams. Amen. And so there were purposes tied to those things. And, and I believe that one of our purposes, one of the, the important factors of why we gather every week so we can move beyond just trying to make it through problems. Come on, we're, going, we're more than conquerors. And I need you to understand that. And we're going to live in that this year. Come on, say, I'm more than a conqueror. Conquering is great. That means I can overcome somebody if they fight against me. I can, I can beat them if they attack me. More than a conqueror means I win without fighting. I'm not just a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. I win without fighting. I don't, I don't fight with my fists. I fight with my mouth. Amen. There's a double-edged sword that I gain victory with. And it's so important to understand that so we can move beyond trying to make it through problems so that I know the problems that I face, I've already won. All of us have present tense problems to some degree somewhere. There's a problem here, there's a problem there. The beauty of it is you already won. 
And since I already won, that problem does not demand all of my attention. I need to live for purpose. Amen. I have a purpose for my life. Amen. And that's what I want to move us into. We have a purpose for our lives. One of the greater, greater purposes that God, and believe it or not, and it may sound crazy, but I'm going to show it to you in, in Scripture. One of the greater purposes that God has called us together to enter into is the purpose of going on to perfection. Yep. You know, we have a purpose together to go on to perfection. Amen. And I want to deal with you in that vein tonight. Our purpose of perfection and the corporate man. We have an individual relationship with God that we are responsible for. Amen. But we also are to have a corporate relationship with God. There are things that I can do with God by myself that I can't do with everybody else. But there are also things that I can do with God with everybody else that I can't do by myself. It goes both ways. Amen. And we need to understand that perfection is entered into corporately. Let us go on to perfection. And so I want to sit right there and I want to share some things and go as far as I can. And um, these are all very imperative foundational aspects of who we are and what we're trying to accomplish as a people. So it's very important that you, that you begin to, um, to really uh, have an ear to hear tonight. Amen. As we deal with these things, these are what I would consider apostolic foundational realities that we need to stand on in order to properly be the ecclesia, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the, the, the ruling assembly of God in the earth. Church is not a religious term. It is actually a secular term for government. A church is a governing body is what God intended it to be. Whatever you bind in earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose in earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I shall give you the keys of the kingdom. And on this rock I shall build my church. He's talking about governing. Amen. The, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And so um, let, let's deal with, with perfection to some degree. Um, the text of foundation. Where, why, why, where do I get that from? Why is that our purpose? Um, and it goes back to Hebrews 6, verse number 1, um, and verse number 2. Um, very, very profound text. If you've been around for a while, you know that we feed off of this text um, multiple times. Hebrews 6, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Everybody say, go on to perfection. Not laying again... The foundation of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, and what? Eternal judgment. And of eternal judgment. So there's six foundational top, um, six foundational um, doctrines of the faith that we are to stand on, but we are not to stay at. There are six foundational doctrines, repentance from dead works, faith towards God, baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment. There are six that we are supposed to now literally stand on. That we are to know these doctrines and stand on them. Foundations give you footing. We are to stand on them, but we're not just to stay there. We stand, but we don't stay. He says we have to go on. So the first thing I want you to understand is, first of all, we got to make sure we have that foundation, which we're working on now, because a lot of people have made it about not sinning, and just not sinning and having faith. Those are foundational te teachings, repentance and then faith towards God, repentance from dead works, repentance from sin, faith towards God. Those are the two foundational. That's not supposed to be the center of our entire walk with God. Those are foundational things that ultimately we move on from. It's so important that we understand that. So what I would say is that the Bible makes it clear what the foundation of our salvation is. Repentance from dead works, faith toward God, baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment. Those are the six foundational doctrines. But the Bible makes it just as clear that, that, um, that these things are not supposed to be where we stay as believers. So... I would say this first, foundation, um, 
He, the Bible makes it clear that foundation is not our destination, but perfection is. I need y'all to understand that foundation is not our destination, but perfection is. Everybody said, go on to perfection. And, and I'm going to teach you what perfection is and what the Bible is saying there. And I need you to be studious tonight and, and to catch this. But our destination isn't foundation. It's perfection. Therefore, leaving the principles of the do doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Right? Foundation is not our destination, but perfection is. Please get that in your spirit. Because so many times we hang out in elementary school and wonder why we're always crying when we go through trials. Because we haven't grown up. We haven't got past foundation. We, we don't understand there's a purpose beyond that. Amen. That we must enter into. Foundational salvation is actually the doorway to go on to perfection. It is a door. When I first get saved, I entered through a door. So literally the purpose of salvation is ultimately to bring me into perfection. The purpose of salvation is to bring me into perfection. I need to get saved. I need to get saved. And I'm asking people, what you waiting on? Because after you get saved, you still, you still got to go on to perfection. You don't stop there. You start there. You start by repenting of your sin. You start by putting your faith in Christ. At some point, you got to move on from that to perfection. So we need to get the starting point over. We need to get beyond that. And so we can move into perfection. But when I think that's the point, I think I have time. You know why a lot of people waste time and they never give their life to the Lord? Because they think that's the only thing they have to do. Just repent and put my faith in Jesus. And all that is is the starting point. And the reason why I waste 20, 30, 40, 50 years doing that is because once I do that, I think I finished. And actually, I just actually got started. I just entered into the door. Everybody following what I'm saying? So important that we understand that. Amen. Because it will change the way that we approach how we walk with God and how sober we hear the gospel. We need to soberly hear the gospel. People who are still in and out of sin, they're not just a little bit away. They're far away. They're way off, especially if they're in church. They're not just a little bit off. They're way off. They, they got to get that foundation and go on from that. Amen. So this is what I need you to understand. Is that big enough for y'all to see that on there? Amen. All right. If we as believers never enter into perfection, get this. And I'll let you say like this, and I'll let you think about it. We nullify the purpose for which we received our salvation. If we never go on to perfection as a believer, we nullify the purpose for which we receive that salvation. Salvation without going on to perfection is to, for me to now reach for salvation in vain. And if you read the Hebrew letter, the rest of Hebrews 6, he says that. Amen. So, I would say it this way, just so people can, can kind of grasp this and take my time with it. Entering into salvation without understanding that salvation's purpose is to grant us access to perfection in salvation is like going through the front door of a house and stepping into the front, the foyer or the front porch and considering that entering into the house. If I go to the foyer or front porch of your house, am I in your house? I am not inside of your house. But I am in the juncture that gives me access to the inside of your house. Salvation is the front porch. Right? Initial salvation, foundation, is the front porch. It gives me access to the inside of the house, but it in itself is not the inside of the house. Initial salvation is the front porch. But if I hang out on the front porch, I have never entered into that house, although the porch gave me an opportunity to do so. See, the reason why people are waiting to be saved is because they think that's all they have to do, when in actuality, all you're doing is getting on the front porch. You still have to get, go inside. We got to go on. If there's only a foundation to this building, then there's no walls. If there's only a foundation to this building, there's no ceiling. We're really not inside of anything if it's just a foundation. The foundation doesn't bring us inside. 
we, th- there has to be a building on top of that foundation for us to ever be inside of anything. Everybody following what I'm saying? So, so many believers. So I, I want to talk about the purpose of salvation. Everybody say the purpose of salvation. Come on, talk with me for a minute. The purpose of salvation. So many believers enter into salvation by way of foundation, but never understand, watch this, the purpose of foundational salvation is to go, ultimately go on to perfection, and as a result, these individuals never enter the kingdom. You have individuals that have, have, have said yes, have grasped a hold of a measure of salvation. They are not walking in the kingdom. Amen. The kingdom is not just not going to hell when I leave earth. The kingdom is not going through hell while I'm in earth. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. The kingdom isn't just me not going to hell when I leave earth. The kingdom is me not going through hell while I'm in earth. Not that I never face hell, but in him I live, move, and have my being. I'm in the kingdom. I didn't just say yes and, and enter into initial salvation. I'm in him. Righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. I'm in him. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. I'm in him. So sin cannot pull me and bind me. Bondage cannot pull me and bind me and dysfunction can't because we have entered into his kingdom. What is the kingdom? It is the king's domain. It is the place where he has complete control. Nobody else and nothing else has control. When you're in the kingdom, the only one that controls your mind is him. When you're in the kingdom, the only one that controls your demeanor is him. It is his domain. He has complete control. And if he's the one controlling my mind, then my mind is good. If he's the one controlling my mood, then my mood is good. If he's the one controlling my health, my health is good. If he's the one controlling my spirit, I'm living in the spirit. It is the king's dominion is where he has control. And so there are many people saved but never experienced the place where he's in control. Not just of what happens to me, but what's happening in me. Amen? How many of you want the king to have control over what's happening in you? Come on. That's what the kingdom is. It's what the king is. It's the king's domain. It's where he has control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the purpose of foundational salvation is to go on to perfection. And uh, because a lot of people don't understand that, they never enter the, into the kingdom. Many people, without realizing it, remain on a foundation or fragments of foundation, which is the front porch to the kingdom, but in itself is not the kingdom. Let me say this, and let me show you this right here. There are many people who will not enter the kingdom because they see the porch as their purpose. Me repenting of my sins and putting my faith in Jesus, that's my purpose. And they'll never enter the kingdom because they've made, that's the porch. Repentance from dead work and faith towards God is not just the foundation. It's actually the beginning of the foundation. And at some point, let us not laying again the foundation. Let us go on to perfection. See, there comes a time in our lives, if we're really walking with God and entering the kingdom, we get beyond blatant sin. Y'all know that, right? There comes a time in our life if foundation is in place, if that foundation is firmly in place, we get beyond blatant. We we ain't in in and out of blatant sin. Amen? It's important to understand that. Why? Because if you're not beyond blatant sin, you better stop wasting time. You you, you stalling, man. You behind schedule. Because after that, there's still other stuff you got to go on to. There's, there are more things that his blood gave us access to that, you, that me and you have to move on into. Amen? So, so that's important. So what going on to perfection isn't and is. Everybody say perfection. Amen? Y'all just walk with me for a minute. I believe this is going to build us. I believe it's going to build us. Um, going on to perfection. What, what going on to perfection is and what going on to perfection is not, right? So going on to perfection isn't just about dealing with our sin, but being holy like God. It's not about not sinning. It's about being like God. And God never sinned. 
nor can he be tempted by sin. Amen? Going on perfection isn't about dealing with our sin. It's about being holy like God, becoming like God, being conformed into the image of Christ. For those he foreknow, foreknew did he predestinate, Romans 8, 29, to be conformed into the image of his son that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Amen? Might be the firstborn of many brethren. And so we got to understand, if we're going to go on to perfection, it's not about my sin. It's beyond the topic of sin. Perfection is beyond the topic of sin. Glory be to God. Sin is a big thing, but the blood took care of that. Jesus' death took care of sin. Is that true? If his death and burial took care of the sin, what did his resurrection do? His death took care of the sin. He died for our sins. But when he rose, what did that do? That's what's on the other side of the sin that we have to deal with. He died for our sin. He rose that we might become the righteousness. That's what we're going into. Perfection is dealing with righteousness. That we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we'll deal with righteousness later because it ties into perfection. But we need to understand that. Salvation without perfection is to never truly enter into him. You never get inside of him to never truly enter into his kingdom because the king is his kingdom. When the king comes, his kingdom is there. Amen? So I put it this way. Amen? That literally foundational salvation is to come to him. Perfection is, into, is to enter into him. Four. Acts 17 and 28, for in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. Amen? So up to this point, we understand one thing. We can't hang out at foundation. we not laying again. If you read Hebrews 5 and Hebrews 6, you'll recognize the reality that those who don't go on to perfection from foundation... The reason why is because they never had one. You can't have a foundation and just stay stuck there. Something is faulty in the foundation. Amen? Something has to be dealt with. That's why we're in the process right now of putting in place teachers who teach. We, I, I did a year-long teaching on the foundational doctrines, 52 weeks with manuscripts and everything, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, baptisms, laying on the hands, resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment, every, all of them, 52 weeks. But if you're going to go on, those things have to be in place. Sometimes they're there by the Spirit, although you can't articulate them in the natural. So, so for some of you, it may be there, you just don't have a vocabulary to describe it because the Spirit just came in. Amen. But though, nevertheless, one way or the other, that needs to be there. See, there has to come a time in your life as men where we can, we don't have to not be around women who dress in a way where they're exposing their bodies not to want them. They can be all around us. Why? See, if I have to avoid something not to do it, then I'm really not delivered from it. If I have to avoid half-naked women not to want women, not to want women besides my wife, then I'm really not delivered from adultery. God, we really don't know we're saved until God puts us in the middle of what we were bound with. If you were an alcoholic, you know when you delivered, you know when you delivered, when you can, when you can uh, uh, be around the ABC store. And there's nothing pulling on you saying, man, I just grabbed this real quick. You, you can't be, see, that's what God makes us a new man. He makes us a new person. He isn't into avoidance. He doesn't try to get us to avoid what's what, what. Now, you need to avoid it until you get delivered. Amen. But he gives us a new heart. He gives us a new spirit. I could tell you a story. I don't know if my wife wants me to tell it or not. It was the craziest thing. So, you know, I, for my birthday, we, 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 we go to Charlotte, you know, just for a little bit. And I had a meeting with an apostle up there, too, as well. And so I made it a trip for birthday and all. Anytime I go, I like to eat foods. I mean, I love to eat foods from different places. So we went to Jamaica. We went to the Jamaican restaurant. I love Jamaican food. 
you know, we went to the Greek restaurant. I, I, I eat that too. Then we decided we was going to go to the Cuban restaurant, right? My God. on So we go to the Cuban restaurant, but it was a little bit later. It was about 10 o'clock. So we get up in there. And if you know anything about the culture of Central America, let, Taylor, she's a, she could tell you about it. She saw pictures of it because Mama sent her pictures. We go up in there. I've never seen nothing like this in my life. I've never seen nothing like this in my life. There are literally men and women. The women are seductively dressed, half naked. The men got their shirts open. I'm talking about there's a table where people are eating and another table. And in between the aisles, they... And I, I mean, bumping and grinding, bumping and grinding, bumping and grinding. I'm like, my God, what in the world? I'm talking about they getting it on. And so I'm thinking that must be their boyfriend or husband or something. The next song come on, they doing that with it. I said, you putting all that on? Why is all that touching? You were just doing all that with that other one. Y'all wouldn't believe it. I'm talking about if these were the tables... In between the aisles, they're dancing. All of them. I mean, it's all full. In between the aisles, half naked. Uh, Cuban women. Amen. I said, baby, I want Cuban food bad. I said, but I'll, we can leave. Because I, I don't, it don't, it didn't bother. I could show you the video because lady, my wife laughed at me because I was sitting there eating my dip and it was a girl right beside me. She was. And I'm sitting right there. I ain't, I'm sitting there eating my dip. I, I, I'm just here. I want some Cuban food. That's all I want. That's all I want. Amen? Amen. But it's their culture. Anybody that knows anything about that culture, it's their culture. Very seductive. And then they call for the, I guess, the, the showstopper. A girl runs out. With a slit here, slit here, and a slit there, and just pumps it up all through the rest. I said, all right, check, please. <laughs> that enough. My God, I done ate my salsa with buns shaking. I done <laughs> drunk my Diet Coke. Just a Diet Coke, sir. That's all I want. With cleavage flying. Check, please. But you know what? My wife was comfortable with me being in there because she knows I'm free. I said, baby, you ain't got to worry about nothing. We good. I just want to eat my food. I wish I could put the video on the TV because my wife sent it, sent it to our kids because it was a girl shaking it up, and I'm just sitting there eating, and she put under it, um, hashtag unbothered. Because I wasn't paying them no attention. Man, I, I came here for Cuban food. That it. That it. But you know you're free when you can be around that and you can walk away. Amen? That's the point I'm trying to make. God brings you to perfection. I'm not going in there trying to fight to say, oh, God, I don't want to slip up. No, I got to at some point get beyond that. Perfection is going beyond that. Amen? Because those who are filled with the Spirit of God don't even look after at a woman to lust after. Amen? Because then I've already committed adultery where? If I'm doing it in my heart, it's just a, a matter of time before I do it with my hands. I can hide it from my heart all day, but at some point, come on, I wish I could get a witness in here for somebody who has something going on in your heart and you did good for a while, but eventually your hands did something that you know you shouldn't have did because it was in your heart. So God says the hope of glory is I fill you with my spirit in your heart. I'll bring you unto perfection. I'll break every bondage. I'll destroy every yoke. And I'll remove every curse. And I'll give you a consecrated spirit. Hallelujah. That's perfection. You might not get there, but know that's where you're going. You might not be there. I mean, you might not get there. You might not get there tonight, but you better know that's where you're going. You might not be there now, but you better know that's what you're called to. We're not called to manage. We're not called to manage desires that we're not supposed to have for the rest of our life. We're not called to restrain what we know is forbidden for the rest of our lives. Let us go on to perfection. 
God, I hope y'all catching what I'm saying. Amen. If that's what you got to do right now, do it. Just know that ain't your destiny. We're going to go on from that. We're going to be free. The son makes free. It's free indeed. Amen. Glory be to God. So I'm just thankful that my wife trusts me. If I need to take a business trip for three days, three nights, she already know, boo good, you can go and do to handle your business. Ain't going to be nothing going on. Amen. Because there has now been a place of perfection. Amen. That's key for y'all. I hope y'all get that because that place is prepared for us. Because once I'm not fighting with bondage, I can begin to destroy others' yokes. I hope y'all caught what I just said. Once I'm no longer fighting with bondage, I can begin to destroy others' yokes. Through the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so now watch this. So salvation without perfection is never truly entering into him. We understand that. Amen. Y'all still with me? Glory be to God. Somebody say, let us go on to perfection. Let us go on to perfection. Amen. Now watch this. Perfection defined. I'm going to go a little bit further and I'm going to take my time with this. Um, Perfection defined. What does it mean? What is perfection? What is it? What is it? What is it? In the Greek, perfection is the the Greek word teletias. Teletias. It is derived from the Greek word teleos. Teleteos, it is derived from the Greek word teleos. Everybody say teleos. We're talking about perfection. Teleos. Amen. It literally means this. Come on, let's go to school. Let's build ourselves up. Amen. Um, it means fully grown, an adult, a full age, mature. Let us go on to being fully grown, an adult, a full age, mature. Let us go on to perfection. Let us go on to teleos. Let us go on to fully grown, adult, a full age, mature. Amen? In other words, perfection isn't doing everything perfect. Perfection is maturing in bearing his image, in being like God through his spirit. Doesn't mean you're going to do everything perfect. Amen? But you're going to be mature. You're going to be seasoned. Amen? You're not going to be tossed to and fro. You're not going to be going back and forth. You're not going to be wondering if you're going to make it today and thinking you might, thinking you're going to make it today and then thinking tomorrow you might not make it. All that, you've gone on to perfection. You've entered into a pleasure, a place of maturity and stability in God. Amen? Glory be to God. That's what I'm trying to pull you all to, right? That's what I'm trying to pull you, pull, pull you all into, to maturity. What happens when God has a mature house? Amen? The only people who are supposed to be having children are mature folk, right? Who are, it puts us in a position where we can begin to see believers come in the house being born again. Why? Because there's some folk that can take care of them. Because there's some people who aren't, aren't where they are. They've went from that. There's some people who aren't hanging out that uh, they, they can mature them. If I feel like you feel, then all I can do is tell you I know how you feel. Thanks. But that, that don't change how I feel. You, can, you just know how I feel. I need somebody who don't feel like I feel no more. Glory be to God. Come on, help me. I need somebody that can relate but ain't there no more. That is, has went on from that. Amen. I get like that too. Thanks. That still don't help me from getting like this. That just lets me know somebody's miserable like me. That don't help. I need somebody who's going on. Amen. And so when God sees a people begin to mature, right, what he can do is begin to trust people with problems that they have gone on from. To help bring them into the kingdom, a kingdom expression and maturity in God. That's your assignment. Can you imagine babies that will live or die based on us growing up? There's some people that are going to live and die based off of whether or not we go on or we just hang out where we are. What if I would have hung out where I was 15 years ago and never went on from how I knew God then? None of you would be listening to me right now. 
None of you. Amen? Let us go on. Fully grown. Right? So, now watch this. Necessary factors to go on to perfection. Necessary factors for going on to perfection. Watch this. Um, necessary factors for going on to perfection. And I thank God for you all that have a heart to even take notes and stuff. I promise you, this stuff will bless you. This stuff will root you. This stuff will stabilize you. If you listen, you take it in, you write these notes, you go back and visit this stuff. and You begin to ask God to allow this stuff to germinate in your heart. Amen. It'll begin to show in fruit through your life. Hallelujah. It'll begin to show us fruit through your life. And so watch this. Necessary factors to go on to perfection. Perfection is for us or we, not an I or a me. Let us go on to perfection. I'm going to say that again. because you Perfection is for us or a we, not an I or a me. Right? Let us go on to perfection. What does that mean? Perfection demands communion and community. See, we like to be isolated. We like to be off to ourselves. We like... Don't nobody, we don't want nobody bothering us, and we don't want going to bother nobody. But the problem with that is that posture, that type of approach to relationship keeps us from ever going on to what? Perfection. We'll never be, we cannot be mature by ourselves. Because we don't have anybody else to force us to alter how we think, to force us to respond differently. However we act, however we respond, that's okay because it ain't nobody but us. And then it's nobody understands me. No, it ain't that nobody doesn't understand you. It's just that you can't just always have it the way you want it. And people ain't always ain't going to respond the way you want them to respond. And people ain't going to always act. And all that is working to do what? Mature us. Cause us to grow up. Amen. You might have a, a word from the Lord. You thought it was deep. Somebody else responded like, oh, that's okay. And you mad. See, that's why I ain't going to tell nobody stuff because they don't value what you, boom, 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 boom. No, baby, just everybody ain't going to respond like that. Grow up. You got to keep what, what you have to yourself. And da, 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 da. No, that ain't it. Y'all getting quiet on me. I must be playing a string on the guitar. Hallelujah. Amen? It's important. So it, it, it must be a us or a we, not an I or a me. We cannot go on to perfection without community. We cannot just stay in our own little circle. We'll never go on to perfection. We'll never enter into full age in Christ. Amen? Not that he's given us and promised us. So that's number one. That's number one. It demands a, a, a we, not an I. Number one. If we're going to go into perfection, there's a more, this is not an exhaustive list, but these are some things as I'm trying to bring us into the understanding of teleos, maturity, right? Number two, perfection demands a ministry order or a way ministry is done. Perfection demands a ministry order. Everybody say ministry order. These are terms that we need to understand. Perfection demands a ministry order, right? And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. That's a ministry order. That's an order in which ministry is set. And when he, after he gives some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, what is that for? For the teleos. For the perfecting of the saints. To bring the saints into maturity. To bring the saints into full age. See, we're not just moving into five-fold ministry because we want to we just do something new. We got a brash idea. That is the order necessary for us to go on to what? Perfection. What Hebrews 6 says to do, Ephesians 4 gives the order to get it done. As far as ministry is concerned. Everybody following what I'm saying? Amen. These are things that must begin to become important to us. We, we, we must elevate the, what we deem important. You're going to make it. You're going to make it message. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as that ain't all you preaching. 
Change is coming your way. That's great. And I'm going to pull all that in, but it's got to be more than that. Amen? That's what we got to elevate the reason for which why we're hearing the word of God so we can understand that God is trying to bring us into maturity. Because once you get into maturity, guess what? You know what happens to someone who's full age and you're a son? Guess what you get when you come of age and you're a son or a daughter? You know what you get from your father? You get your inheritance. A lot of things we're asking for, if we would grow up, he would give us. Uh, some of our breakthroughs are inheritance. Some of our miracles are inheritance. Some of the, the doors that we're asking to be open, they're inheritance. Some of the authority that we desire to operate in, they're inheritance. Some of the ways we want our minds to be delivered, they're inheritance. We could grow up and those things are, are, are aspects of what the Father would give us. But at some point, we got to understand we've begged for years that it ain't happened. Maybe there's another way. Maybe we need to grow up. Maybe he's calling us to go on to perfection. Maybe he's calling us to move from where we are. I put a post up and I said, the reason why people change plans because they don't want to change as a person. <laughs> when I don't want to change as a person, I'll change plans until I get something I don't have to change to do. I, we're so busy trying to find something that fits us when God is trying to find something that forms us. So we run away from what forms us to find what fits us, and we disqualify ourselves from being conformed into the image of Christ. Because that don't fit me. But I, we say God opened the job for us, then we get on the job, but that job don't fit me. But God opened the door for it. Maybe he didn't want it to fit you because this job is going to form you. Maybe it's going to take you behind, beyond your threshold of patience, beyond your threshold of comfort, all the things that he needs to rearrange and form you into something else. Amen? Amen? We got to quit changing plans and start being willing to change as people. God is trying to change us, not change our situation. He'll change us and we'll change our situation. Y'all know that, right? He empowers you to change it, right? Look all throughout the Bible. When Israel was in bondage, what did he do? He had empowered a leader to change it. He anointed Moses to change it. Amen? He anointed the judges to change it. Glory to God. Amen? He'll, ch he'll change you if we'll allow what we face is designed to form us. So we'll always face something beyond our current form so God can take us to the next level of being conformed into his image. I hope y'all following what I'm saying. I'm trying to talk slow. But this is really good to me. But it's cool if it ain't to you. Like I said, everybody don't get excited like that. But I could do cartwheels right now. But it, and it's cool because I love that stuff. It's the words of life. Amen? It's the words of life. And so now, perfection demands the ministry order of fivefold apostolic administration. Everybody say fivefold ministry order. Perfection demands fivefold ministry order. We're not just throwing those terms around. There is a rhyme and a reason to what we're doing as we're reforming the order of the church. We're moving out of a pastoral model for a reason. Some people just call the pastor apostle. They don't change the order. All they did was just change the names. And that's, be not deceived, God is not mocked. You ain't going to be able to, in other words, you can't fool God. We can't just change titles. We got to change how we do ministry for real. If we're going to get the promise of Ephesians 4, which is mature saints that are walking in their inheritance. What happens when Brian is walking into it, walking in his inheritance, in his marriage? Come on, in his family. His children are rising up in his household, in his business. What happens when Jamisha is walking in her inheritance, in her body, in her family, in her children? What happens when, when Tasha and everybody's walking in their inheritance and they're bringing the portion of that inheritance to the house of God? What, be, what does the house of God begin to do? It begins to be elevated because the people of God are, being, are growing up and God is releasing their inheritance. Amen. We don't have to get it. We can grow up and, and he'll release it. Amen. 
So watch this. Without functional five-fold apostolic ministry, the saints will never go on to perfection or teleos, which is to enter into full age in Christ. We, we, there is a reason why we must put five-fold ministry in place. Because without that, we won't enter into full age. We'll continue to say, let's try this, let's try that, let's try this, let's try that. Amen? When God has already pr promised that he'll bless his people through five-fold ministry. Glory to God. Y'all still breathing. Y'all still with me. Glory to God. Look here. I got eight pages, and I just finished page two. So, all right. My God. I got eight pages, and I just finished page two. So, more than likely, look here. You so funny, Miss Jennifer. I said that. Miss Jennifer said, oh, oh, oh. You, you can't be saying you're going to keep us here for all eight pages. <laughs> That's what you said with your body. Like, I'm not going to keep you here all eight pages. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you here all I already know I ain't going to be able to get through all this. <laughs> Amen. Uh, are there any questions up to this point? Anybody have any questions? Give me 10 more minutes. I work for 10 more minutes, and wherever we end, we'll pick up next week. That, that a deal? Huh? Huh? All right, let's look at this next thing. I'm not, I'm not. I'm going to do good. Perfection, the corporate man in conforming. Perfection, the corporate man in conforming. I want y'all to look at this. Glory to God. Ephesians 4, verse 13. Look at what it says again. I'm, I'm, it's the same verse, Ephesians 4 and 13, was the next portion of the verse, but it's in the Amplified Version. It says in Ephesians 4 and 13, the Amplified Version, until we all reach oneness in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. Right? Do y'all see that, man? That's such a powerful, powerful verse. And I pray that if one thing that I emphasize to you and teach you is never read scripture haphazardly. Amen. Because there's certain things you'll miss if you just read it and keep on going. I'm going to read it one more time. Until we all reach oneness. Why? How long are we going to function in fivefold ministry? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Until we reach oneness. Come on. Anybody remember Minister Marcus? Oneness is in this. He dealt with that. If you did not go back and listen to that, please listen to that. It was a blessing. Until we reach oneness in, in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a what? A mature believer reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. So what am I saying? And this is something we need to understand that that verse is saying about us as a people. Ultimately, perfection is when a plural people, us together, are manifesting the image of a singular person, Jesus Christ, until we come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ, until we, as a we, look like him. So when the world looks at us, they see him. Amen. We are to be an image-bearing people, a people who now bear the image of God corporately, a corporate man that's reflecting the image of a singular person named Christ. In other words, without oneness, in other words, without apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers growing up the saints, because we ain't going to be one if we don't grow up. This person going to have a problem with this person. This person don't trust this person. This person don't do that person. We're not going to get along until we grow up. See, that's not just a problem. That's just different how different people are. No, that's a maturity issue. And it takes the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, fivefold ministry to teach you, no, you just don't have a problem dealing with people. You just don't. No, it's, that's not a personality problem. That is a maturity problem. We got to grow up.
Amen? And then we can operate in oneness. And then the world can see Jesus. Amen? By way of perfection, the plural people become a singular corporate man who has been conformed into the image of Christ. That's key. Come on, that's key. That's big time. That's when we start to see the stuff like, and these signs shall follow them that believe. That's when healing starts breaking out. Why? Because the sickness looks at us and they see him. And the same thing that sickness had to do when he told it to leave, it has to do when it tells it. Because that, that sickness, disease, cancer sees us and they see him. Just like, I gotta, just like cancer has to obey him if he's here, we're bearing enough of his image that cancer has to obey us. Glory be to God. When demons look at us, they say, I know who you are. You've been hanging out with the Holy One of Israel. Paul I know and Jesus I know. And Tasha I know. And Marcia I know. Notice that when the demons, the seven sons of Sceva, the, the demons, when they said Jesus I know and Paul I know, because Paul had walked so closely with Jesus, when they mentioned Jesus' name, they had to mention his name. Demons had to mention Paul's name too. He was in Christ. Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Amen? But I'm going to tell you one thing. When demons step through those doors, they're going to say, Jesus I know and G-R-R-C I know. Amen. Oh, they gonna, they're going to know we're in him. We're, we're, we're going under perfection. Amen. Do you understand that your prosperity is tied to your purpose, not solving your problem? When you solve a problem, all you're going to do is have to another problem that needs solving and another problem. But when you begin to live in purpose, God releases your prosperity. Whatever God has tied to you that he wants the increase, the blessing, all that's tied to us embracing purpose, not surviving the latest problem. Amen? I just want you to know you're going to live, but you're not going to die. You're going to make it through this thing that you're dealing with right now. And as a matter of fact, since you know you're going to make it, you might as well put a smile on your face. Pick your head up and keep on walking. Because ain't, ain't nothing, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. You're going to live and you're not going to die. Glory be to God. The spirit of depression, I rebuke it right now. The spirit of heaviness, I rebuke it right now. The spirit of discouragement, the questioning, God, are you even there? I call the devil the liar that he is. He's there. And the only reason why you are here is because he's always been there. Because you didn't even want to be here. But something told you you needed to be here. And it is the power, and I wish I could get a witness up in here that recognizes I know he was there. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. I would not be in here lifting my hands. I would not be filled with the Spirit. I would not be in church. I know he's there because I wouldn't be here. Because I looked at bottles. I looked, glory be to God. I looked at a whole bunch of other ways to solve the issue. But he had to be there because I'm here. I just want you to settle it in your spirit right now that he's there. Come on. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See, there are times where God says, I am not going to bring you around this trial, but I am going to grab you by the arm and I'm going to walk with you through the trial. I'm not going to cause you not to be in the fiery furnace, but it's going to be another one in the furnace with you if you Come on, Sonny, because you know it should have killed you, but there had to be somebody else in it with you. That's the only reason why you came out of what killed you. I wonder if there's anybody that would bless God because if he wasn't there, we wouldn't be here. Glory. I dare you to bless him right there. I dare you to lift up your voice and glorify the God of glory. Or you're going to live and live good. You're going to live and live good. 
I command the extra pounds to come off of your mind. The devil has tried to put pounds on your mental state. But I lift up your mind right now. Come on. I command light to shine in darkness. I command joy to fill your heart. I command hope to hit your spirit. I decree a grace to stand. Come on. You are not going to fall. You are not going to faint. You are not going to cave in. This is not too much. He's there. That's the only reason why you made it here. I hope y'all hear what oh, I'm, I, I don't know. I could go to, I could go home on that. Glory be to God. Because I think about all the here places I am. My here in my marriage. The only reason why I'm here in my marriage is because he was there. The only way I'm here like a dad is because he was there. The only way I'm here as a preacher is because he was there. Believe me, there was other things that I put to my lips besides a microphone. But he was there. And so therefore, I made it I made it here. And man, I, I just want you to know that. Glory be to God. Cast your cares upon him. Tonight, I, I, come on, yeah, just for one minute right now, take that care and cast it upon him. You're going to leave here light. Yeah, I speak Krobo Shandai. You're going to leave here light. I break the spirit of discouragement right now. I break the spirit of darkness right now. I break the gloomy outlook right now. Come on, Raman. It is well. I speak it is well. I speak it is well. Come on. I speak it is well. Come on. I speak it is well. And even that thing that's been interrupting your sleep, rest. You're going to sleep tonight. I speak rest. Jennifer, the, the, the enemy has been trying to attack you physically and mentally. But both of them cease right here and right now. We break it in the name of Shandaba. Just lay your hands on it. We break it in the name of Jesus. The mental onslaught stops right now. Come on, Rabbi Shot. We break it in the name of Jesus. The voice that tells you you don't have victory, we suffocate it now. We mute the mouth of the enemy. We command him not to open his mouth in your mind any longer. And we release and loose the spirit of life. Over your mind and in your body. Over your mind and in your body. God, I thank you that your spirit quickens her mortal body and brings restoration. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's just spend a moment blessing God because that, that's the only reason why we're here because he was there. I don't go. I, I can stop right there. I, I know where I stopped at. Come on, come on. You're here because he was there. If the truth be told, our foot has been in places our foot shouldn't have been. But he didn't allow our feet to slip in slippery places. Come on, some of us have been stepping in some slippery places. But he made our feet firm in places our feet should have never been. And because he was there, I'm going to make sure I'm here. I need somebody in here that's saying, I'm here when it comes to praise. I'm, I'm here when it comes to blessing him because I know he's there. I just need you to stand to your feet. Just for one minute. And let's bless the God of our salvation. Come on. Let's just take a moment and lift him up. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's bless him. Hallelujah. 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 A fresh breaking of day over you, Marlene, right now. I just hear a breaking of day. Come on, y'all not on God is calling the end to a night and calling you into a morning. Come on, weeping may endure for a night, but there's a fresh joy. There's a fresh joy right now. Come on, a breaking of day. Come on, Jacob wrestled with with God until the breaking of day. Come on, 
once yet. I speak a breaking of day in your spirit, a breaking of day in your future, a breaking karansia tandaya. Even right now, even right now, even right now, the residue of that stuff that wants to hang over you, we pull it down in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on the residue. No fear. No fear. No fear. Breaking of day. No fear. Breaking of day. No fear. You're about to do something you said you would never do. Marlene McCoy, you're about to do something you said. I don't even know what that is, but you're about to do something you said you would never do. Not that it was bad, you were just scared. But tonight, tonight, there's a breaking of day. Come on, God is uprooting that fear. You're going to go do it. You're going to go do it. Come on, God is even confirming that in your spirit. What that is right now, you will not be hindered in your movement any longer, but you're going do it. Come on. And the spirit of anxiety that has attached itself to what you said you wouldn't do because it attacks you when you do it. We bind the shkansi. We bind the spirit of anxiety. There's a breaking of day. Yep, yep, you're going to do what you said you never do. But you're new now. There's a breaking of day in your life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Higher, 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 higher. Come on, there's, India, there's a reason those bullets went through that house. And you move before the, the before the bullets hit, and your family moved before the bullets hit, because God said, "I'm I moved you out of the way of an attack." Come on, that that come on, that there's a there's something that God pulled you. He pulled you and repositioned you, because the enemy had put you in a position where he could assault you. But God even said, "Right now, I'm the one that came in, and I'm the one that interrupted, and I'm the one that uprooted, and I made sure nobody was in the." window when the bullets came through I made Krabashandiata it was the Lord not just a movement in the natural but there's a move in the spirit glory to God glory to God glory to God glory to God God moved you out the way. He moved you out the way. It wasn't just a physical bullet that he moved you out the way of. He rearranged some stuff. He made sure you weren't where you were. He made sure you weren't where you were. And now God says... Allow my goodness to bring you to the place of repentance that you need to be in. It's my goodness. He's been good to you. Come on, God. I wish I could get a witness up in here. <laughs> See, y'all don't get it, but, but stuff, tragedies like that happen all the time. I got more than one client. I had a client of mine in Waysboro. Her 12-year-old son is playing video games. In his bedroom, they start shooting in the house next door. The bullet comes through the wall while and he's sitting playing video games, hits him in the neck and kills him. They hear the shots, don't go in there till later to find him in a pool of blood with his hole in his neck. They didn't even know he was dead. He's 12 years old. I had another client that had somebody shot and killed while they were shooting going, see, that stuff happens all the time. We just don't hear about it. Amen. Bless the Lord. And so when bullets start flying through houses and goes over beds that people are supposed to be in, but they ain't there. There's somebody they need to go. See, that deserves God. See, that deserves because it could have been 
But God will move us even when we don't realize we're in the way of something coming. He'll move us at the right time. I need you to move right now. You do not stay in that place of depression. Move right now. Do not stay in that place of compromise. Move right now. Do not stay in that place of sin. Move. 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 Glory to God. Father God, we thank you. And Lord God, we bless you right now for the spirit of the living God that's in this room. We thank you that you are the giver of life. And Lord God, you've given us on tonight a signed seal guarantee that we shall live and not die. So we thank you and we bless you that you're good for your word. Oh God, if you said it. We believe it. So what's settled in the heavens, God let it settle here in the earth. God, we hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we bless you right now for your goodness. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Come on, I need everybody to give God a good praise right now. Just clap your hands, lift your voice, clap your hands, lift your voice. Come on, clap your hands, lift your voice, clap your hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen.